to chew the Bible. Check your friend A. Aaron. Hope it's a I hope. Where did that come from? I don't know what I was why I said hope. Uh yeah, you know what I'm gonna say. I hope it's a lovely day, a lovely evening. I have great dreams. And yeah, lovely day tomorrow. God willing. If he did not ready to beam me out of here, because it's getting crazier and crazier. Ooh. Alright, so it's eleven twenty five in the evening on this yeah, what is today? Sixteenth still, yeah. Hasn't turned over yet. Ortho this is the or Jewish Orthodox Easter. Today is officially the actual day of Easter. Interesting. Alright, so uh we are in John twenty Amplified Version. I figured, oh, you know, I was like, let me just go ahead and finish the rest of John. It's only two more chapters of chapter 20 and chapter 21. So let's knock them out. Knock them out, knock them out. Uh, I, before we do that, though, I encourage all of you to take the John chapter 4 challenge. Now, some of y'all are like, what is the John chapter 4 challenge? And I'll bring it up randomly. It's one of my favorite go-to chapters, stories in the Bible. The woman at the well, he uses as an evangelist tool all the time in my car. More, Not enough, though. Sometimes I'm like, man, why not tell her John 4? Why not tell him John 4? John 4, John 4. I think of it later. But anyway, yes. All right, so. Because I had a divorced mother with five boys the other day. Yeah, she's going through a divorce and... Why not tell her about John 4? Anyway, we had a good talk. Um, all right, so, but your your personal story is your greatest testimony. Um, yeah, because sometimes, sometimes you just tell people scriptures, they're not ready for it. Uh, you got to be led by the Holy Spirit. Some people were abused with the scripture. Alright, so it was used to manipulate them, control them, and abuse them. And they need to see genuine love and faith. The genuine, yeah. Once again, Jesus is a gentleman. He doesn't force himself on anybody. So, alright. John 4. I encourage all of you to take this challenge. What is the John 4 challenge? So, anytime you are tempted. I was specifically talking about temptation. And I am going to hold myself to the accountable to this as well. Stomach's growling. Uh, anytime you are tempted, remember there's that scripture that talks about how, uh, I'm going to just read it. Temptation. He won't give you more than temptation. See a temptation scripture. No, yeah, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. Once again, Jesus gets us. Every man has been tempted in some type of way. Even Jesus, he was tempted in every way, in ways we don't even, we can't even fully comprehend because he was fully God and fully man. Last time I checked, none of y'all fit that criteria. So we don't even know what that's like. All right, God is you might think that would actually make him being Jesus easier, but it probably made it harder because there was probably so many times when he wanted to like exert or utilize his God powers. Yeah. 
Anyway, God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Yes, there's a grace. What you know, as a Christian, as a believer, you accepted Jesus in your, car, your heart. There's a grace there for when you do give in to your temptations. But once again, that doesn't give us a license to just be, oh, yeah, God will forgive me. He knows my heart. Let me just keep doing this because I've had some revelations on this. It's like whatever sins and vices that you don't deal with now and overcome, they can pass down into your children of the next generation or even bigger than that. Because um, sometimes I can be used as a fear tactic. Um, but perfect love casteth out all fear. So... <clears throat> oh, I need some water. Hold on a second. Uh. All right. Yeah, Jesus is that perfect love that casts out the fear. He's the only one. Yeah, he's the perfect example of love because he actually died for us. I don't know anybody else out here that'll die for you. I don't know a dude that's going to die for you. Mama ain't going to die for you. Not on no cross. People might say they'll die for you. They say it in the R&B songs. There ain't nobody going to die for you the way Jesus died for you. I'll tell you that right now. Um, And with the true, pure heart that he did, not for like trying to get, some people might be out here doing crucifixions or whatever to get whatever. I don't know, some weird. Anyway, y'all know what I mean. Jesus, genuine love. Perfect love cast without fear. And so, yeah. Intimacy. Yes, 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 yes. Where was I going with that? I totally lost track of what I was trying to say there. All right, but yeah, let me read this one more time. First Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it, especially, fellas, as we enter into this hot seasons and women yeah, wearing less clothes. Same thing for you ladies. There's guys out here wearing less clothes, showing their muscles. For those of y'all that are into that, that prefer the muscles over the... Chicken wing arms or skinny dudes uh, that may not be as ripped. Yeah, there's a lot of temptation out here. Um, that's the big one that we all tend to focus on, sexual sin, temptation, right? Lust. Uh, some of us may deal with a lot of depression and we go to food as a comfort. You know, um it's funny, my kids recently asked me, Daddy, do you fast? And I was like, yeah, I have in the past, but I'm not a big fan of it. <laughs> I was just real with them. I was like, why are they asking me that? They must they must know something I don't know. Maybe just some intel from God he's giving me in a nice, gentle way. He's trying to say, Aaron, you need to fast. You got some stuff coming up, some, some, some things coming against you that can only be dealt with through prayer and fasting. So there we go. Um... I know you're not supposed to like gloat about it or make a big deal about it. Um, yeah, I'm going to try to fast on Sundays. That's going to be my thing. I'm going to try. We'll see how long that goes. Just like a water juice fast. 
got a little smoothing machine in there, a little uh, Nutribullet. Anyway, all right, so some green juice, some naked juice. Oh, yeah, all right, so. Oh, yeah, this is naked time. This is a naked moment. Hey, boy, I, I'm struggling big time. It's with with lust. Uh, yeah, I won't go into a whole lot of details, but uh, yeah, um, there's a lot of temptation out here. Yeah, I'm, once again, I won't go into a whole lot of details, but there's been times where your boy could have fall. Yeah, they had a yeah, they had a big fall, like Humpty Dumpty, and none but the grace of God that kept me from going down some really dark places in this in this single journey, being single. It's been five years divorced, over three years since I've had relations, as the old folks would say. And yeah, your boy, it's been what since last summer since i've been on an actual date with a woman hey boy yeah I'm, I'm struggling my brother over there got a girlfriend now and i gotta hear these stories <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit jealous uh but yeah but yeah the bible say uh commitment say don't covet your brothers you know what all right so uh it's in the bible all right so yeah whatever your temptation is food like yeah, you, you there's some food out here you know you shouldn't be eating. And I'm gonna warn you. I had a whole conversation with my grandma. If you want to like, if you, if you need help like managing the types of food you like eating better, just talk to your grand, talk to your parents and your grandparents. They'll they'll help you. If you notice a lot of older folks, they talk about their hell yeah. Um, I just say yeah, my grandma we were just talking about acid reflux and just yeah, it's a it's is a challenge. As you get older, to manage that, um, it's not, yeah, from the sounds of it, it's not what you want. It's not what you want. <laughs> it's not fun. Um, what else? For those of y'all that deal, you might deal with some drug addictions, alcohol. Fill in the blank. Whatever your vice is, y'all know what they are, the big ones. And that's the hard, that's the challenge, because like, a lot of times you, when you, it's easy to trade one vice for another. So when I give up lust, a lot of times, then I'm tempted to go to sweets to fulfill that craving, that dopamine. So it's always good to have at least a little bit of dark chocolate in your fridge, you know, <laughs> it helps out. All right. So in a long way of saying the John chapter four challenge, whenever you're tempted, remember this, this is common to me and everyone's been tempted, even Jesus, but God always provides a way out and a way of an escape. Healthy escapes. The best escape you can do is go to God's word. And so I encourage you to go to John chapter four and read the whole story or you just read part of it or just think about it. Just think after you read it a bunch of times is every time you're tempted to do whatever, fill in the blank, give into that lust, lustful temptation like masturbation, yeah, masturbation is a sin because you gotta, I've never been able to do that without lustfully thinking about some woman, you know, or imagining her in my mind. So it's, otherwise, it's not even fun. It's not even worth it. Um, it's not even worth doing it, at least in my mind. I've heard people say they can do it without that. But um, at the end of the day, yeah, read the word, the etymology on the word masturbation and the root of it. It, it means to... Uh, what was it? I was just reading it. 
I was just reading the root of the etymology of that word. Uh, to defile with the hands, to disturb. I even saw another word that said something about to, uh, to it was, what was the word? Not to, to confuse. I was like, ooh, masturbation is linked to confusion. And there's all these, like, there was some other stuff they were talking about with, like, the bone marrow and our brains connected to this. I'm I'm being a real semen. Yeah, it was something. It's all connected somehow. Anyway, for those of y'all that have given into that, there's grace, there's mercy. Don't let the devil like like beat you up over that, or yourself beat beat up be beat up over that. Um, but yeah, God wants to provide you something that's better, and that's John four, the woman at the well. Jesus said, "If you drink from me." You'll never be thirsty again. You drink from this water in the well, you're going to be thirsty again. You drink from the lust, you're going to be thirsty again. You drink from, yeah, whatever your vice is, alcohol, addiction, whatever, you'll be thirsty again. You're going to, yeah. This lady I had in my car, she said, yeah, she had a, she was hanging out with her cousin. And that cousin, he had lost his wife a few months ago, like six months ago, whatever. And they just been drinking a lot. And uh, to like to deal with the pain. Like she's going through a divorce and he just lost his wife. And they just together drinking. And they just she's like, Yeah, we go on these binges and can't stop. And I'm, and um anyway, it was a good combo. I was kinda of sharing her my story of my divorce, whatever, and encouraging counseling and all that. Anyway, yes, John four. John 4, John 4, John 4. Drink from the well that never runs dry. Jesus. All right, I think, ooh, I did not mean to go 14 minutes on John 4. All right, we are in John chapter 20. The empty tomb. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Matt, reading out of the Amplified Version. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw the stone already removed from the groove across the entrance of the tomb. Remember, going back, we've said that a lot. God reveals a lot of things early in the morning. So it's good to get up early. When the Lord wakes you up in the middle of the night, in the middle of your sleep, it's good to just go ahead and get on up. Get up now. Get on up. <laughs> Not like a sex machine like James Brown, but get on up <laughs> and spend some time in prayer, even if it's for five minutes. Read a scripture or, yeah, play a worship song and just be like, all right. I mean, I just had a thought. It's probably not the greatest thought. But you know what? This is Transparency Sunday, whatever, or well, no, I need to come up with a word. This is just naked time again. For y'all married folks, you know what I'm talking about. Y'all already know what I'm about to say. Back to that word intimacy. I, and I hope this doesn't weird some of y'all out. But, um, and there are sometimes instances where this isn't necessarily a, you could be disturbed. There could be evil spirits dealing, yeah, you're dealing with whatever that waking you up. But in the most part, I don't like to get, like my brother says, he don't like to give the devil credit for nothing. At the end of the day, even if you were awoken by an evil spirit or something like that, 
Jesus is more powerful than that evil spirit. Greater is he that is in me than he is in the world, right? Whatever that bad dream that might have woken you up, right? That night terror. So, yeah, that's why it's good to read like Psalm 23 or Psalm 91 before bed or just meditate on that. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Yeah, I know I was out of key. Oh, well, make fun of me. Laugh. But it's, I love that song. So, uh, I had some random older man at the gas station. <laughs> he quoted that scripture at me. I asked him if he knew Jesus. He, he started quoting that scripture at me. I was like, whoa, you you made my day, sir. I need that more. Yeah. All right. So, um, I was going to tell you. What was I telling y'all? Oh, yes. Middle of the night. In the middle of the night. Yes. Y'all married folks know what I'm about to say. Y'all know how y'all might roll over in the middle of the night and all of a sudden you're spooning your wife. Hopefully not your girlfriend, but your wife. Hopefully not your fiance. Fiance is a date. Y'all have a date, a wedding date, and y'all don't sleep together or live in the same home, hopefully. Yeah, your wife, your actual wife. Well, y'all having sex together. Y'all might as well. Y'all technically not as a guy. Y'all already married. That's a whole nother conversation. All right. So, yes, you roll over with your wife. And that's that's no shade, there's no judgment. Once again, every time I'm pointing something out, I got like big old planks in my own eyes. So there's nothing to shame anybody, condemn anybody. But I'm just trying to help y'all out or encourage y'all. Like married sex is the best sex. There's a blessing that comes from it. God will honor it. And um, even the pastor today at church, he was just saying like, he was telling, he tells his kids all the time, when y'all go out, and off the side of this home, y'all represent that last name. And even bigger than that, somebody hear him say is like, we represent Jesus. And um, not that we can give Jesus a bad name. Um, we can be Christians that are are not, our, our lights may be kind of dim. And then people try to use that as, see, that's why I, that's why I don't I go to church. All you Christians are hypocrites. I'm like, no, not all Christians are hypocrites. There's a lot of us that are actually trying out here. We do hypocritical things, but that's part of being a Christian. We're broken. We need a savior. Yeah, we need salvation. We need sanctification. That's the whole reason we go to a hospital. The church is a hospital. Anyway, man. All right. So, <laughs> um, even though a lot of us are afraid to go to the hospital, go to doctors. That's a whole other conversation. All right. So, yes, middle of the night, you roll over. And before you know it, yeah, you like, yeah, you and your wife are uh, enjoying each other, right? I personally feel that Jesus, Holy Spirit, he desires that too. Especially if you haven't been giving him time during the day or throughout your day, through worship, through singing songs, through prayer. He gonna wake you up. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, man, I can't sleep. I got insomnia. You gotta take this and that pill to go to sleep. It's like, the reason you can't sleep is because you're craving intimacy with your creator. Anyway, all right. So back to the empty tomb. Verse one. Now on the first day of the week, we consider that Sunday, right? First day of the week would be Sunday. Mary Magdalene came to the time. I like Magdalene better than Magdalene. Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw the stone already removed from the groove across the entrance of the tomb. 
So she ran. She didn't jog. She didn't power walk. She didn't skip. She didn't slow walk. She didn't crawl. She ran and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, John, whom Jesus loved, esteemed, and said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb. See, now this was dope. There was four women at the cross, and apparently John there too, but there was only one woman, Mary Magdalene, that was at the tomb, who saw the tomb empty. Powerful. And this is a woman that was considered an outcast, according to that society and modern day society as well, because she was a former prostitute. Right? All right. It's the woman that, yeah, loving the chosen, they show her she had, she dealt with, uh, with almost like schizophrenia, it seemed like. Which I could relate to because it was like, yeah, she was dealing, it was dealing with mental health and just the anxiety and the the torment and the, um, the paranoia. I've dealt with that before, so I can relate to that, right? All right, so she ran and went to Simon. So it's just powerful that Jesus used this woman to be there, to be the first woman that would see his empty tomb. Just powerful, powerful, powerful. So she ran and went to Simon Peter, to the other disciple, John, whom Jesus loved, esteemed and said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. Now, it's interesting that she says they. She thinks some people took away the tomb. He's like, nah, homie. He was, uh, he was, yeah, the little God took him up. He got beamed up, Scotty. I he was resurrected. So Peter like Lazarus, which is another powerful story. So Peter and the other disciple left. Yeah, we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter and the other disciple left and they were going to the tomb and the two were running together. But the other disciple outran Peter and arrived at the tomb first. <laughs> So John has some John had a top forty speed. Yeah, he could uh yeah, I wanna I wonder what his forty speed would have been at the combine, NFL combine this year. He outran Peter. <laughs> I like to see that foot race. That's gonna be uh, another cool little conversation to have with Peter and John. Like, hey, uh y'all 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 yeah, let's see them race in heaven. Like let's see who's faster now, y'all glorify bodies. Everything will be a tie. <laughs> All right. Disciple outran Peter and arrived at the tomb first. Verse five. Stooping down and looking in, <laughs> he saw the linen. I just like to see like the look on his face. Like, hmm, I don't know about this. Let me see. This is kind of creepy. Uh, he saw the linen wrappings neatly lying there, but he did not go in. Yeah, he's like, I'm good. And then Simon Peter came up following him and went into the, of course, leave it to Peter to actually go into the tomb. John was like, nah, I'm staying right here. Peter, yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's another Christian joke. Uh, yeah, John, John was a brother, you know, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> John had to be a black man because he had no brothers like being all adventurous, like, well, most of us. Like, I'm gonna stay right here. And then Peter, like, let me check that out. Let me, <laughs> let me go investigate. Like the crocodile hunter. Oh, well, why? Yeah, I don't know what it is. Well, y'all, white folks, man. Y'all, adventure. Y'all, some adventurous hunting. Yeah, yeah. Skydiving, all that kind of stuff. Bungee jumping, climbing, rock climbing. Yeah. 
Us brothers be like, you know what? We got enough reasons to die. Why would I give them again? Give another reason to check up out of here between high blood pressure, high blood pressure, police, hypertension, uh, yeah, fear of uh, all the other ways that black men die early. Man, racism. All right. Um, uh, yeah, relationships with our ladies. Ooh. It's no coincidence that us brothers go faster than, than you ladies. Y'all be, y'all be going on to y'all. My grandma still still going on. Yeah, 85. Grand, my grandpa. Anyway, he, uh, he would have been, what did I say, 93? I forgot. Yeah, he passed away about seven years, 2014, six, yeah, nine years ago. Is that right? Yeah. Anyway, where was I? <clears throat> yes. Then Simon Peter came up following him and went into the tomb. Mr. Adventurous, P- Adventurous Peter walking on water, Peter. <laughs> Peter was probably so confused. Oh, man. I really wish I could have heard like seeing like the thoughts of Peter's like see like the inner workings of Peter's brain, like his thought process, like like because he denied Jesus three times. And then, yeah, that he was nowhere to be found when Jesus hung on the cross. And then, yeah, here he went to the tomb. He goes into the tomb. Like, hold on a second. He wasn't lying. <laughs> he really was. Yeah. He... <laughs> That's another reason why you got to know Jesus had to be a brother because nobody believed him. <laughs> oh, man. I got so many jokes. Oh, I got so many Christian. I got so much Christian comedy in my bag. I just, just, just do it because this is like, for real, you don't get well. Something about we trust. I don't know what. Yeah, racism has ingrained in us that you tend to trust a white person more than a black person. It's sad. A lot of folks don't understand that. We will. It could be the shadiest peach man in the world, but just yeah, let him be a white man, and especially in a suit with a with a clean shaved white man in a suit. We will still trust him more. Look at Obama. Look at all the things Obama was trying to accomplish and did. And people and he was and he was one of the most like I don't know, he had his issues. There's some things as politics, yeah, you might disagree with. We're not gonna go into that. But overall, he had no scandals that we know about, like as far as like prostitutes and sleeping with folks and um he was happily married to his wife. They were, yeah, they were good. Yeah, good examples for our country. He wasn't arrested. <laughs> but people still had a problem. We caught talking about no Obama. He was, yeah, he was probably one of the better presidents we've had in the last decade. And he still couldn't, yeah. And once again, it take yeah, a brother got to work 10 times harder just to get the respect of a white, yeah, what white man can just walk into, roll out of bed doing. Anyway, that's a whole deeper conversation. So yeah, Jesus had to be a brother, because uh, nobody, his own disciples didn't even believe him. They didn't trust him. Peter was like, oh, he, he wasn't lying. All right, and then Simon Peter came up following him and went into the tomb and saw the linen wrappings neatly lying there in the burial face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the other linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Verse eight. So the other disciple who had reached the tomb first, 
went in too, and he saw the wrappings and the face cloth and believed without any doubt that Jesus had risen from the dead. <clears throat> Read that again. So the other disciple, John, yeah, who outran Peter, had reached the tomb first, went in too, and he saw the wrappings and the face cloth and believed without any doubt that Jesus had risen from the dead. Verse 9, for as Yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. <laughs> they were so confused, boy. Then the disciples went back again to their own homes. Oh, man. this is All right, here we go. But Mary, who had returned, was standing outside the tomb, sobbing. Here's this wild. This same thing happened with Lazarus. <laughs> but they couldn't see the connect the dots. Like, Jesus was probably like, y'all, y'all kind of... Oh, Jesus was so nice. He's probably like, bless y'all hearts. Like, I literally, I went through the same thing with Lazarus. And now I did this, like, why y'all crying? Why are you crying? Standing outside the tomb, sobbing. And so as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting there, one at the head and one at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Hmm. Verse 13, I wonder what the angels look like. Verse 13, and they said to her, woman. <laughs> I love when they say woman. Woman? <laughs> I wonder how they said it. Oh, man, it's sorry. A little, little, just, just a tad bit of misogyny coming out there. Y'all forgive me. All right, woman, <laughs> why are you crying? Even Jesus said that to his own mama. Y'all, yeah, yeah, y'all, get off my back. Jesus said, woman, yes, yeah, yeah, he said it a few times. Woman, why are you crying? She told them, because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. After saying this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Mm. Man, that had to be powerful. I would have just broke down. I would have just broke down. Like I did, yeah, when my pops passed and I went to the hospital. And my pops' body was just laying there in the hospital. And it's like, I'm sure my dad was right there. He's like, Aaron, you have no clue what I'm witnessing right now. Like, you all, we all, yeah, I'm good. I'm way in a way better place than where I was. Yeah, it's coming up on May 20th, the day, yeah, the anniversary of my pops passing away. It's already been a year, almost a year. Isn't it crazy how time flies? Oh, but yeah, my dad ain't got to go to that Ford job no more. He ain't got to deal with none of that stuff. Um, He can just praise, yeah, worship God all day, worship Jesus and hang out with his brother. That's what's wild is like my, my uncle Cornelius literally passed away a few weeks prior to my dad passing. And my dad went all the way out to the funeral. Yeah. And my pops probably had no clue that he was about to join them next. <laughs> so they out there having chilling, having a good old time. They are hanging on my grandparents and my great, great grandparents and they're all the greats that came before. Um, my dad, my grandma had written this card, this letter to my pops telling her, him how much he loved him. So he got a chance to read that before my pops passed. 
Ah, this is, yeah, I got a chance to, my dad and I had gotten a big argument a few days prior to him passing, like a couple weeks, I don't know, I can't remember the timing, but I was able to reconcile with my pops, he prayed for me, I'll never forget it, Um, we had a chance to eat dinner at Longhorn, his favorite restaurant, and he played this song um, by, uh, what's the dude's name, it's Deeper and Deeper, who sings that song? Um, I don't say y'all. Uh, deeper and deeper. In this case, y'all want to look it up. Not my, not Madonna. <laughs> Worship. That was one of my dad's favorite songs. I'll never forget. On the way on, I picked him up from the airport. He wanted to. Uh... Yeah, by Morris Chapman. That's the song he played in the car with me. And I believe it was, yeah, for real, it's my dad saying goodbye. I personally feel like my dad knew. I think my dad knew because we're eternal beings. Somehow he knew. He just couldn't tell us. He knew he was about to check up out of here. Um, It's weird. I know I'll probably sound crazy saying that. Um, But there was all these little things that happened before he passed. Like even the day I took him to the airport, it was like Friday the 13th. Yes, seven days before he he passed away on May 20th. And I took him to the airport on May 13th to go to his brother Cornelius' funeral. And um, yeah, there was a rainbow. It was a storm, but there was a rainbow outside. I'll never forget it. And yeah, the day I picked him up from the airport, it was nice and sunny. Um, anyway, yes. If y'all lose a loved one, especially, hopefully they had a relationship with Jesus Christ. I personally like to think that everybody gets one more shot before they pass to give their life to Jesus Christ. But anyway, especially if you know they're a believer and had a relationship with Jesus Christ, you shouldn't cry. It should be a celebration. I mean, yeah, I get it. Grieving, it comes in waves. Um, it's wild too I was able to spend three years with my pops before he passed anyway Jesus said there woman why are you crying for whom are you looking supposing that he was the gardener <laughs> thought Jesus was the gardener. I crack up every time. That's another reason why you know he was a brother. Or, <laughs> oh man, that sounds. All right, y'all going to forgive me for this joke, but y'all know good and well. God is funny, man. I just connected the dot. Oh man. All right, here we go. It's a stereotype. It's a stereotype. That our Hispanic, our Mexican brothers and sisters, who I have no beef against, I love y'all. I'm telling y'all right now, this is not not to put y'all down in any type of way. There's a stereotype that all Hispanics are, yeah, garden, yeah, they they work on, yeah, they tend to work in lawns and roofing, like especially lawn care. Wow. Let's connect this dot. This is one of those kind of jokes I talked to my brother about because I might get some uh, 
some people are like, how could you say such a thing? Like, I'm just, I'm being real with y'all. I try to be transparent. This is, once again, this is not to, like, make fun of Mexicans at all or Hispanics, but, like, I just connected the dot. Like, for real. I was just joking earlier that most, every Jesus I ever met was brown or, yeah, usually Mexican or Hispanic brother. They weren't white. And, yeah, most of the Hispanics here in the United States do lawn care. Not all of y'all. I'm, I'm, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of Hispanics I met. They are bankers. They're, they do IT. They do all kinds of stuff other than just the stereotypical lawn care. It's just a stereotype, right? Even this other day, there was some dude cutting the grass. He worked for the, the people that cut the grass here at the, the, uh, the place I live, the, the building I live at. And um, he looked Hispanic. And, um, shoot, that could have been an angel. That could have been, I don't know. Uh, yeah, anyway. So, in fact, there are some Hispanic folks named Angel or Angel. Anyway. Wow. So, G- yeah, Jesus could have really been Jesus. The guard, because, yeah, she thought she he was a, he was a gardener. Oh, man, she thought he was the gardener. I don't know. This is a modern-day joke you can make there. All right. Be careful. I don't want to offend anybody. All right. Supposing that he was the gardener, she replied, Sir, if you are the one who has carried him away from here, tell me where you have put him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni. That's how you say it which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not hold me for I have not yet ascended to the father. <laughs> I wonder why you would say that. Do not hold me or do not hug me for I have not yet ascended to the father, but go to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my father and your father and your father and to my God and your God. Wow. My God is your God. Your father is my father. <sighs> That's that's a lot of humility there. Like, Jesus clearly would be like the favorite child in, in this whole relationship. But he he says, my God is your God and my father is your father. Same thing for us. If Jesus were to be standing right here or sitting right next to you, say, my God is your God. My father is your father. That's why you can't just believe everybody who says God or who says, you know, thanks all glory to God or whatever points to the sky. Because it's like, all, not all of us are talking about the same God. Now, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, because it's easy. We live in a world where everybody says, yeah, praise God or I believe in God or yeah, I have a relationship with God. It's like, but do you have a relationship with Jesus because Jesus is the only way to have to be adopted into his family and have relationships. They call God your father. That's why the very Pharisees, man, couldn't even, didn't have a relationship with God. They didn't even recognize Jesus. They didn't even recognize that was God in the flesh standing right in front of them. Anyway, verse 18, Mary Magdalene came reporting to the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had said these things to her. Hmm. This is so powerful. Jesus among his disciples, verse 19. So when it was evening on that same day, the first day of the week, 
Though the disciples were meeting behind barred doors for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace to you. Mm. After he said this, he showed them his hands <clears throat> and his side. That's his proof. <laughs> that's, his, that's his proof. That's the scars. Proof. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And what's wild. Remember when I was talking about uh, Joseph? Was it Joseph? Yeah, a long time ago. And it's a lot of, it's kind of like you kind of read into the text or it's, you kind of have to read in the text that Joseph would have most likely dropped his draws, his pants, and show possibly to show his brothers his circumcision to prove that he was a Jew. He had a, yeah, like, because, yeah, when he was in the palace, yeah, he was all, he was hiding his identity. His brothers that threw him into slavery or whatever. And they didn't believe it was really him. So he had to prove it was really him. Wow. It's a foreshadow of Jesus here. He shows his hands and his side, the scars, the nails prints in his hands and the piercing of the scar on his side. Mm, and that makes sense because the old girl said, you can't, don't hold me yet because I'm not having to send it to the father. He wasn't, was he not in his glorified state yet? Because in his glorified state, he won't see this in the nails and this in the, uh, I don't think you would see any scars, right? Because, yeah, we're in our perfect bodies. Anyway, I don't know. Let's see. That's some deep stuff. That's, oof, next level. Uh, theology. All right. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. When the disciples, yeah, that's Bible calculus. When they were filled with, when the disciples saw the Lord, they were filled with great joy. Verse 21. And then Jesus said to them again, peace to you as the father has sent me. I also send you as my representatives, <clears throat> ambassadors. Yes. <clears throat> That's what I was just talking about earlier when um, I was saying, uh, man, I'm getting tingles. This is on this reading this and talking about this and thinking about it all in that tingly feeling I get. Um. Where was I going with all that? I was about to say something. Oh, representatives. We are representatives of Jesus Christ. I was talking about that. Even bigger than our representing our last name that we're given our family's name, we represent Jesus. All right. Peace to you as the Father has sent me. I also send you as my representatives. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Mm, that's so powerful. The, uh, you imagine Jesus breathing on you. I'm sure he had minty, fresh breath. He didn't need no bubble gum. He didn't no double mint. The same breath of life that he gave when he breathed into Adam's nostrils, into that dirt body, he breathed on them. He breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven because of their faith. If you retain the sins of anyone, they are retained. See, now that's kind of confusing there. How do they have the power to forgive and to retain sins? Only God has that power. Jesus has that power. They are retained and remain unforgiven because of their unbelief. 
I guess through their, I guess the power. Wow. All right. So here we go. So there's a scripture that talks about the greatest sin. Um, the greatest sin is to blaspheme the Holy Spirit or to deny the Holy Spirit when he is presenting himself to you. To basically ignore him and say you don't have anything to do with him. He comes every day. Life is kind of like Groundhog Day. Every day we have an opportunity to receive the Holy Spirit. And there's that one scripture talking about he's blinded their eyes. So they'll forever be searching, but never. I don't See, now y'all going to make me get into my scripture bag real quick. Let's see how much time we got. Okay, we can go to that real quick. He has blinded. John chapter 12, verse 40. You already read it. He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts so they can neither see with their eyes nor understand with their hearts nor turn, and I would heal them. The Lord has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts that their eyes cannot see and their hearts cannot understand. They cannot turn to me and I, and have me heal them. Hmm. Or a new American Standard Version says, he has blinded their eyes and he has hardened their hearts. They will not see with their eyes and understand with their heart and be converted. And so I will not heal them. So, yeah, that's what the whole sermon today was about. He's talking about, yeah, being able to. It's like, are you asleep? Are you awake? And you you can only be awake to know what God is doing on the earth. through the Holy Spirit and being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven. So it's like they had the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. And so it was them, but not them. So they couldn't take any credit. So they had the power to forgive sins or not forgive. Yeah, it's and the only reason why the sins were not remained unforgiven is because of unbelief. So the greatest sin we can ever commit is unbelief, which is blasphemy, the whole, not believing in the Holy Spirit. Having, and it's deeper than just believing he exists, but like believing in him. Like when I believe in something, like you ever heard somebody say, I believe in this company. I believe in you. I believe in the direction of where this company is going or I believe, yeah, you follow, like, you, it means you full wholeheartedly believe in the direction that that, the leadership. When you believe in something, you devote your entire life to it, like a sport. Like, if you believe with your whole heart that you're going to be an NBA player, you devote all your time, like my son wants to play baseball, it's like, do you really believe? Yeah, you heard this phrase a lot of times. People say, "Believe in yourself." Anyway, you really believe in something. You put all your whole heart into it, and it's only through the Holy Spirit, through Jesus Christ, that we can even come to the knowledge of Him and believe in Him. Verse twenty-four. But Thomas, one of the twelve disciples, who was called Didymus, the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. Verse twenty-five. So the other disciples kept kept telling him 
We have seen the Lord, but he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the marks of the nails, and put my finger into the nail prints, and put my hand into his side, I will never believe. That's why, yeah. Um, Thomas, and they call him Doubting Thomas. He was probably from Missouri. The show me state. It's like, unless I see it, I won't believe it. Verse 26, eight days later, his disciples were again inside the house and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, though the doors had been barred and stood among them and said, peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, reach here with your finger and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not be unbelieving, but stop doubting and believe. Man, I can relate to Thomas so much. It makes you want to cry because when you look at the state of our world or you look at your personal circumstances, you look at all the things you've been through, it's like, I'm still skeptical, Lord. <laughs> I've seen you do some amazing things in my life, but i also seen a lot of times where it just felt like you just let me drown. Um, or if you really love me, why would you allow me to go through this? Anyway, he won't put more on you, more on you than you can bear. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God, Jesus said to him. I imagine it was more like, oh, my Lord, my God. Like he was amazed. Jesus said to him, because you have seen me and do you, because you have seen me, do you now believe? Mm. Blessed, happy, spiritually secure and favored by God are they who did not see me and yet believed in me. So that's us. That's this millennial generation. That's anybody who's presently living in these present times who has given their life to Jesus Christ, who has believed in him, not believed about him, but believed in him and put your trust in him. That's us. We are those people he's talking about. Blessed are us because we haven't seen these. I don't know. Have y'all seen Jesus anytime? I haven't seen him. Have you seen the scars and the in the nail prints in his hands? You've seen pictures of it. You've seen Passion of the Christ movie. Have you seen the nail prints in his hands and the in the and the piercing in his side? Uh, if you have, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, they might want to check you into the hospital or something like that. All right, purpose of writing this gospel. There are also many other signs or testing miracles that Jesus performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these have been written so that you may believe with a deep abiding trust that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed, the son of God. And that by believing and trusting in, in and relying on him, you may have life in his name. I'm going to read that one more time. That was a lot. That was that was a mouthful. The purpose of writing this gospel, this is John, yeah, verse 30. There are many, uh, there are also many other signs attesting miracles that Jesus performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. So some of y'all are like, ah, I can't trust the Bible. It's man written, man made, blah, 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 blah. Hey, I'm not here to knock you or bash you. I've had my doubts too. Yeah, there's a lot of room for uh, flaws, right? For, for, for a document to be passed down all these generations and for something to be messed up. But I'm sorry. 
out of all the things I could put, I've read the Bhagavad Gita. I haven't really taken the time to read the any of these other books, Quran or you name it, fill in the blank. I, I can just look at the fruit. And even though in the Christian church, there have been some issues and scandals over the years. At the end of the day, from the fruit producing of my own life and the life and the fruit I've seen producing other people, like even count just the way I've seen God just move, move in my life. And the people, especially just doing Uber and Lyft like the last few years, I just had this random, uh, I say random, it wasn't random, this divine appointment where this guy got in my car. And I don't know, somehow we started talking and he told me he went to church. I asked him what church he went to. And he was just talking about, basically, I had, he had this encounter with, with Jesus. Yeah, and he ain't been the same since. He was like talking about how his fiance was like, yeah, you, I can tell there's a difference in you ever since uh, you started going to church or whatever. And I was like, yeah, there's a difference between the knowing about Jesus and actually having an encounter with him. That was a divine appointment. I didn't orchestrate that. I was way over there in Kansas somewhere. Um, and I got story after story after story. I don't even have enough. Yeah, I'll be trying to write this stuff in my phone, these stories that eventually I'll put out in a book. But there's so much stuff. I don't even like I can't even write it down fast enough. The stuff I've seen God do. I can't even put into words some of the things I've seen God do while I've been in that car. Where I know he's real. And so. And it's not even me. Sparking these conversations with people. Um in times where I've not been in the mood to talk to folks, I've not been in the mood to evangelize. I'm I'm under a spirit of lust at a lot of times where I'm just trying, I'm hoping one of these women asks for my number and then wants to make a move with me and wants to make out with me or something like that. I'm just being real, child, being real. And it's not about the grace of God that has spared me from that, from doing that or from allowing it to go there. Um. Yeah. Ah, <sighs> yeah. I've even has I've even had some strippers in my car before, and been able to sow sow a seed in their life. I got this. Uh, I kind of simplified it, but it's a cool little evangelism tool. I encourage y'all. Those y'all love to do it, evangelizing. Ooh, I'm almost running out of time. We got five, six minutes, five and a half minutes. All right, let's close it up. So go to the little, I think the spices area, or like the baked area, like the, yeah, bake, bakery area or like the spices, where the spices are. I think it's in the spices area. And you can buy mustard seeds. And then, um, I can't even remember the scripture off the top of my head. You would think I have it memorized as much as I've written it. But that scripture in Matthew, whatever it talks about having faith, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you'll be able to say to this or that mountain, move and it will move. Um, that one. So I I got kind of lazy. I'm not going to lie. Just so I can crank out more of these before I leave the house. I mean, giving those out instead of like Romans Road of Flyers, Romans Road of Salvation Flyers lately. I've been giving more of like the, um, I just, yeah, I take these little index cards. I'm going to get some colored ones. I'm going to have my kids help me too. We're going to make something together. And so, I, yeah, um, I have these little index cards, you know, little flashcards. And um, on one side, I write, Jesus loves you. And put a little smiley face. And the other side, I write that little scripture. I just write the scripture. I don't write the whole scripture out anymore. I just write the scripture so they can look it up on their own. 
kind of it'll help them too. It's kind of like a treasure hunt. It'll force them to go read, look it up in the Bible. Some of them probably haven't read the Bible in years or never read it. Crack the, they'll actually crack one open on the phone or, re- yeah, in a book. They might start keep reading after that too. They might be like, hmm, let me read what else it says in here. I yeah. So anyway, I just put that scripture and I tape, I take a little mustard seed and I tape it to the index card. And yeah, there was a, uh, um, a young lady who, for now, her she strips, she dances. Um, I picked her up at Tango's. Um, and I encourage y'all to go there unless you're trying to go evangelize. <laughs> you ladies that got the will, yeah, yeah, ladies, yeah, go in teams. Uh, maybe y'all go evangelize, yeah, all these, shut all these, uh, these, yeah, bazookas. When I was a kid growing up, I didn't even think strip clothes were illegal uh, or gentlemen's clothes were illegal in in Missouri because growing up, they were all in East East St. Louis. You had to cross the river to go to them. They didn't have them over in St. Louis side. So it threw me off. I came to Kansas City. Yeah, they had, yeah right in, in the heart of downtown, they had bazookas and temptations. And, and yeah, further out in Kansas, they, and, hey, don't ask me why I know I, the reason why I know these places is because um, I, 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 pick, I pick people up from here. I've seen it. Yeah, me and an Uber and Lyft driver. Don't be judging me. I'll be real. The only strip club I've ever been to was with my brother. We went to Magic City. I had no desire to ever go back. Just being honest. Uh, I got child support, so that's where my money goes. And yeah, most of it. So, yeah. Some of y'all listening, maybe y'all will be the ones uh, to go um save uh or maybe that girl I gave that 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 scripture to who was in my car, a young lady. Maybe she'll be the one to evangelize them. In fact the last young lady I dated, she was a former stripper. Um or yeah, exotic dancer. So she had a whole testimony how she gave her life to Christ. Through her son of all people. Yeah, her son went to school with the pastor's son and they were best friends and that's how she ended up going to church and got saved so nobody's unredeemable i want to say that so anyway there were so many miracles too many to count too many to write down heavenly father thank you for this word thank you for your goodness and kindness thank you lord thank you lord for the many people that are going to be saved and restored the revival that's happening in this all around the world as I speak, even though it's darkness, it gets seems like it's getting darker and darker. Your grace and your mercy and your love and your power, your kingdom reigns and it's shining brighter and brighter. Help us, Lord, to let our light shine before men so they may see our good works and glorify our Father who's in heaven. Yes, help us to be a city on a hill. In Jesus' mighty precious name I pray. Amen. John 4, y'all. John 4. Go read it. Might just make you weep. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5a says, but God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, 
Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God, and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody, everybody, who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you've never asked Jesus into your heart, or you've walked away from him, and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty, precious name I pray. Amen.